Hello and welcome to Stasis Chat Frostbite Episode 3, even though it says Frostbite Episode 4, it's actually number 3. I'm filling in for a BMG who's not, unfortunately not feeling very well, so hope you feel better soon and I've got a Sentinel with me. How are you doing, mate? Good, Stubbs. How are you doing? I'm all right. Cheers. Just impromptu, this was me coming on. And the, some big news has dropped. Big news. Blown the internet. Well, I don't know if it's blown the internet up, but it's quite <laughs> cool. We talked about for many years. It's been rumoured. It has. Yep. Um, about a Gears of War movie. And it's always worried me because... I hate to be negative, but normally these companies fuck something up normally. Um, it's not a field Xbox are generally very, hate to say it, they're not like, it's not like PlayStation. They're like, they're, Sony are quite good at making movies and et cetera. They're quite good at that. But it's, it's a new thing for, for, uh, for, for the Xbox brand, it is. But um, yes, it was, yep. Yeah. Gears of War. Definitely looking forward to it. I think, um, you know, I'm surprised that it took it took um, movie makers and people behind these big budget television shows so long to put Gears of War into a franchise. Because you look at all these huge um, action IPs that are in movies, and it feels like Gears of War was always made, kind of tailor-made for that type of experience. You know, the over-the-top characters, um, the hopelessness of uh, battling against the hordes. And it just it felt like it was a no-brainer to put Gears of War eventually as an action movie. And it's taken 16 years, but finally we're getting that. And I guess they're also going to do an adult animated series, which will be um, very interesting to see how they do it. Oh, definitely. Sorry about that. My son came through there. Then it was... Uh... But yeah, it must be up there. So yeah, so basically Netflix, obviously, uh, the Gears of War account announced today it's been 16 years since the first game. And then it was like, I think 10 minutes after, the official Netflix account tweeted, Gears of War was released 16 years ago today, and to mark the occasion, Netflix has partnered with the Coalition to adapt the Gears of War video game saga into a live-action feature film. Yeah, followed by an an adult animated series with the potential for more stories to follow. And the, I like the sound of it. I would prefer that they went for a TV series that's actually um, not animated, a properly you now like Witcher style. Yeah, that, uh, what do what do you call that? Do you call that oh, uh, but live action, live action TV series then? Well, well, let, me ask, let, me, ask you, oh, let me ask you a question, Stubbs. Have you seen the... Um, and I want to bring this up because I could see this type of um, animated series um, leaning towards the Gears of War feel. Have you ever seen the Street Fighter 2 animated movie? I don't think so. I may have done. I don't... I can't for, remember. For anybody uh, why, are listening to this podcast, watching it, um, Street Fighter 2, the animated uh, movie, it was phenomenal. It was very brutal very visceral and it really did um street fighter the right way and i think if if they went by an adult animated series that was like that um it would actually be if they're going to do an animated series fine i know stubs wants um live action television it but would still were, be cool 
yeah, if they were going to do the adult animated series, I think doing it like that, where they don't shy away from blood or gore, I think that would be good. Now, again, I I do personally agree with you, Stubbs, though, that I think a TV series, just live action, would be a lot better, especially how long these games are, because the problem with making a video game into a movie is a lot of these games, they give you 10, 20, 30 hours of content and trying to cram it into a movie, they try to cram all of that into not anywhere from 90 minutes to two and a half hours. And it's really hard to do without sacrificing a lot of the vision that the original creators of the game had. Um, but a television series where you have like eight episodes, you know, and each episode is essentially 45 to 50 minutes with commercials. It would allow you um, more time to really flesh out what was in the first game. Hell, you could do 16 episodes within the first season for the entire Gears of War 1. And I think it would do it justice. And then, of course, for each Gears of War after that, if they wanted to stick to how the games were, I mean, you could have five or six seasons and people would absolutely, they'd absolutely love it because you could really explore a lot of the stuff that... Um, people enjoyed from the gears of war franchise such as um you know the very emotional death that a lot of people still remember from gears of war 2 yeah exactly i mean you are right it is hard to cram all of that into a movie i mean it it, it is without sacrificing and certain things but i would hope i would hope that um the, the coalition and Netflix hire. Hang on a minute, I've got his name here. Right, hire for to write the thing. His name's uh, her. Her name is Karen Travis. Now, um, she writes all. I'm presuming it's a, a lady. She writes the Gears of War um, um, graphic novels. And right. I would uh, that would be if they work with her, then I think it would be pretty solid. Did they say she was attached to this project? No, they haven't mentioned anything. It's just what fans have been wanting because she made the book so well, and right, you know the high the Hive Busters DLC. I don't know if she, don't know if she wrote that, but the Hive Busters DLC wasn't actually. Was it a main... graphic novel or was it just like um, a traditional novel? Sorry, graphic novel. They call them graphic novels. Okay, so they, that, I mean, they could technically use her art style. They could even have her as like either the lead artist or the advisor for the art style. I'm not saying they would. They probably, career. they probably won't. I don't know if it's going to be a Halo situation or not, where they're going to fucking do something that changes everything with taking the helmet off. Yeah. Do you know, I don't know if they're going to do something like that, but I fear they may do something like that. But, uh, I, I just try and be positive because you know what the Gears of War community is like. They're um, doom and gloom in it already. A lot of them are. Yeah, you know, and yeah. with, with this with this news, it, it's I'm 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 cautiously optimistic, but I also look at um, the most recent video game adaptation that we've had, Uncharted, and just you know, it's like looking at the way Uncharted was made. And I know it's not Netflix, but you got to understand a lot of people who are making movies on Netflix, they're all in the same social circle as people who work for Paramount or these other big um, movie studios, you know, and kind of looking at the way, um, kind of looking at the way that uh, they did Uncharted. It was very disappointing. You know, I think the only, the only individual, the only character in that Uncharted movie that was, I think, a faithful adaptation of how 
they were in the video games was the character that played or the actress that played uh, Chloe. Yeah, it's uh, I'm have you have you seen Uncharted? What... I didn't want to spoil it for you. Have you seen the Uncharted movie yet? No. Okay. Well, I mean, and I, I bring this up. Yet. I bring this up because it's in, it ties in with the whole gears thing. Um, in the Unch- in the Uncharted games, now there's two characters, Nathan Drake and Victor Sullivan, and they have a certain chemistry, right? And it helps to it helps to carry the narrative forward. And there's a lot of funny parts there. Um, the back and forth that they have, where they both have each other's backs no matter what, and that chemistry they have in the games is completely non-existent in the movie. And I bring that up because there's characters in the games that have certain chemistry with each other. You know, like Coltrane and Marcus Phoenix and Baird, they all have a chemistry with each other. They do. They and do. If, yeah. if that's lacking from the movie, I think it's going to significantly compromise it. It doesn't matter about the action because ultimately at the end of the day, the Gears of War franchise isn't about the action. It's about the characters that are going through this combat zone together. So if they don't have the right chemistry and they don't really pay attention to that chemistry in the script, I think it's going to negatively affect the Gears of War movie. Yeah, it is. But at the end of the day, it is. Because if you go to the original trilogy, there is some quite emotional moments and scenes and stuff. And that's what it's... And that's why the new games, as much as I like them, don't hit like the original Gears 1, 2, and 3. And yeah, it's be- it's because of Marcus Phoenix and his team. And it's because it's essentially 1 through 3 is Marcus's journey. And I think that's what drew so many people to it. Exactly. That's true. And, that you know, with, with 4, it's about his son. With 5, it's about Kate Diaz. And it's just, um, yeah, he's present in four and five, but he's not the primary protagonist. Exactly. Yeah, it's true. They've tried, they're bringing, I do like the fact that they're, they're, they're running with Kate because sorry to say, I mean, it's not really realistic for Marcus who, I guess in Gears 5 is, Gears 4 is, uh, you're a minute, you're, you're, you're a forces man. I mean, it's not yeah. realistic, is it, for a guy of 50 to 60 years old to be on the front line? Still not like that. You, you, I think that's the reason why they are trying to move for someone younger. They are. They know that they can't keep using him all the time, Gears, but they, yeah, it's a hard one, really, because the one thing I fear in the next Gears of War game, are they going to kill him off? Oh, that would make me bore I'd cry. <laughs> yeah, I, I think people would be upset about that too. Ah, yeah. <laughs> but no, sorry, I'm diverting off a topic. But yeah, I'm excited for the Netflix deal. Uh, hopefully, Coalition do have overriding. It's not just, from what I understand, although Halo said they were working with the studio, it come and revealed that, it, that they weren't really, they just bought the license to make it uh, to make the IP game. Whereas this says they're actually working with them. So I would hope they have input. They can approve what's happening, etc. But who knows what's actually happening? I don't quite know what's happening in that department. I don't. Well, and you know, you look at you look at like the Sonic movie, and I bring this up because some so you'll have some people in our gaming community that are like, "Oh, gamers are entitled and this and that." Can you imagine if Sonic would have looked how he looked originally before oh, all the yeah. backlash and all the people yeah. 
gave the studio backlash and they delayed it and they reworked him and it came out and his look was phenomenal and everybody loved it because they they listened they listened to the gamers you know what i'm talking about well kids like it they've both been with their auntie yeah and they enjoyed it so it's like if there's feedback that the community needs has to give about any of this gears of war movie stuff whatever studio is attached really needs to listen to that that's true but yeah, I'm positive. Hopefully, it's good. But the uh, the list I wrote off to you would be far too expensive. Um, Dave Batista, but Bow, sorry, sorry, Dave Bautista. Um, well, but he's been he's been, he's been pushing for this movie for a while. I, I think he'll get the lead role. I think he'll be he be Marcus Phoenix. I mean, I think but I think but to, to have John Cena, The Rock, Terry Crew be far too expensive. Henry Cavill, it's a, it's a bit unrealistic. What I said yeah. in, in the DMs. I mean, possibly, possibly, but you're talking <laughs> about you're talking about Netflix, and they've gotten other big budget um, actors before. Yeah. You know, they they made that movie with um with Will Smith, right? Yeah. They, and you know yeah, the whole thing did. about why Will Smith didn't uh, go back to the second Independence Day movie because he wanted too much. So he's 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 developed this reputation for mm-hmm. wanting a certain amount of money. Netflix obviously paid him, so Netflix has the money. Oh, yeah, they're, they're, they're going to want to draw people in. I mean, you can't, um, you know, you can't build a Gears of War team with guys that look like that Zach Efron kid. You just can't. Yeah, you can't just. You know, the guy, the guy that looks like him to put ten pound of muscle on. You can't just do that. Yeah, it's it's like these guys, you know, that look like their uh, their fitness regimen includes, um, you know, drinking kale shakes and uh, doing yoga down by the beach. It's like, get out of here. You know, you want guys that are like eating, you know, steaks by the handful and lifting like, you know, bench pressing like 650. That's the guys that need to be in this movie. That's true. That is true. Welcome, Muppet. Thanks for popping in. But yeah. Yeah, it's, it's going to be hopefully good. I would imagine we're quite a few years off, but the announcement's happened. Um, be interesting. I don't know how, how long Netflix takes to make movies and stuff like that. I don't know. T- Tom Cruise for Marcus Phoenix BMG. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no. Uh, I don't know how long they take to movies. Not a clue. I imagine you got you you got to find all your actors and etc. first, didn't you? And cast them to be interested in the movie, etc. first. Write a script as well. Yeah, you have. Well, and I mean, it's yeah. like if you're talking about making a two-hour movie that's 120 pages, you know, because yeah. basically a page a page in a script equals one minute. So if you're talking a two-hour movie, that's 120 pages, and who knows how many people they're going to have touch that script and do rewrites. I mean, it could. They could have a script done in 90 days. It could take them four years. Yeah, who knows? We'll have to just wait and see. I reckon we should move on. I could quite easily derail this and make this a Gears podcast. Let's not do that to people. Yeah, yeah, sure. Let's not. Let's not. Okay, so, so, let um, me see. What's our next topic? Whatever you want to roll with. Uh, since uh, today's N7 day, let's talk about um, the new Mass Effect 4 teaser. Yeah. They, they, they said uh, pre-production development has been proceeding very well. They also showed a screenshot of what could be an alliance made. Um, oh, what are those called? The, uh, the, the Mass Effect gates. I don't remember the official term for them. Yeah, you're speaking to someone that hasn't completed or played any of them. You oh, are, you haven't played any of them. Criminal. Okay. I need to play them. I do. 
Yeah, the mass relays. That's what they're called. Um, it looks like an alliance made mass relay in the screenshot they showed. Um, you know, I'm very excited for it. I know also in the trailer uh, that it's like a teaser trailer that they showed yeah. months and months ago. It, it showed Liara, um, which I know oh, Liara same. is Liara. Yeah. Is, um, she's an Asari. She's a fan favorite of a lot of people. And I think a lot of people um, didn't like the didn't necessarily like the Asari that was in Mass Effect Andromeda because she kind of came across as seeming annoying, you know, and I, I get yeah. it. There are people out there that are going to like Mass Effect Andromeda and that's fine. But I mean, if you want to look at it like this, it's like, and for any, for any wrestling fans out there, they'll completely get this. It's like Mass Effect Andromeda is like the European champion, you know, or the, the world television <laughs> champion. Yeah. And it's like the Mass Effect trilogy was like basically the world heavyweight, you know, so exactly, it's yeah. like Andromeda is not even in the same ring, so to speak. Yeah, I, I, it's hard for me to say on that score, but yeah, it's uh, it wasn't widely received very well. Uh, it didn't look very good either, to be fair. But the the Mass Effect games are games I need to get to, especially that that uh, trilogy. It's on uh, EA Play through Game Pass. I, I would mean, say it's on my it, it is on my console though. I, yeah, I, I would I would point. probably say like aside from Jamie Moran, I'm probably one of the guys that plays the most Mass Effect. I play it several times a year, start to finish. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I mean, um, the new news about how it's you know the pre-production is proceeding nicely. I mean, that's great news, you know, because um, you don't want them to just be sitting on an, on a beloved IP and say, hey, we're just um you know, we're not really doing anything with it right now. We're kind of thinking about, we're tossing some ideas around. That's the worst thing to hear about a a thing like this, because if they're tossing ideas around, it means pre-production development really hasn't started yet. You know, that means, that means that, I mean, the problem is people don't realize though. It's like when game developers say how long a game took to make. Yeah. They quite often include pre-production ideas, sometimes ideas and stuff can take two, one to two years and because it's like um you get a lot of concepts and what the concepts could be or even name the artwork what the yeah. monsters are going to be like gears of war took a long time yeah gears, gears were meant to come out on the original xbox it came out on the 360 i don't think it, it could did. have been on the original xbox though it, it just no um... in the end they had to tell bill gates uh yeah um we can't put it on the xbox it's not powerful i, I heard the same it wasn't I heard they said the uh the same thing about halo 3 that it was too uh graphically advanced that they couldn't bring it on the original xbox so it had to be on the 360 yeah it's actually in the uh, gears of war trilogy book you can buy and it goes from when the company started um yeah. You know, like the original Xbox, it actually says they had to go and tell Bill it, your console's not powerful enough. Well, and I don't it, think you he know, was too impressed, but you know, it's like Gears of War coming out on the mm-hmm. Xbox 360, Halo 3 coming out on the Xbox 360, and then of course okay. you had this, you had the original Saintro, and you had Mass Effect. You couldn't get Mass Effect on the PlayStation 3; it was only on the Xbox 360. Ah, oh, okay. You yeah. had heavy hitters like that that everybody was playing. You know, I had friends whenever I was in the army. I was in the army yeah. when the Xbox 360 and the PS3 came out, and 95% of the people that I knew were playing Saints Row. They were playing Gears of War. They were playing Mass Effect. They're like, these games are crazy, you know. And here I am with a PS, yeah. you know, PS3 playing Uncharted, and I, I'm, I'm I'm looking at those, and it's not a knock against Uncharted, but compared to that level, you know, of just 
action, I was just like, wow, maybe I need to buy an Xbox 360, you know? <laughs> well, yeah, it was the one of the, it was the best console. I mean, I, I, I got a 360 back then. I did. And uh, I got only got into Gears of War because a bloke at work. Yeah. A young lad at work said, you, you need to get Gears of War. And I, I just bought it. Gears of War 2. Yeah. And then Gears of War, and then they went back, and then I bought Gears of War 1. It's weird, I started on Gears of War 2. And I got Gears 3. But yeah, well, like, I, complete, I completely get that because I started with Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 first. Yeah. You know, because before that, I had played um, EA's game Black, which okay. was, a, was, was a, it was a phenomenal shooter on the original Xbox and the PS2. That was the game I started with. I, I didn't really start with Call of Duty games until the PlayStation 3. And, you know, I got Modern Warfare 2, and then I went back to Modern Warfare. Um, but okay. yeah, everybody was playing those games on the 360. Like, I maybe knew one or two guys out of like 50 or 60 that had PlayStation 3s. Everybody had Xbox 360s, you know. Yeah, and, I do believe back then that I might be wrong, but Xbox used to gift gift um, military bases Xbox 360 consoles. Is what I believe. Yeah. I don't know if it's true. I don't. I I would believe that because I saw a lot of them around. Yeah, that's what I heard. A lot of them were mainly 360s. Yeah, and you know what it, I it's, heard. I, I think it was kind of a missed opportunity uh, for Xbox not to keep the Mass Effect uh, series as a console exclusive. You know, because the original Mass Effect, I, it's like almost everybody that I knew that had an Xbox 360, they were buying Mass Effect. Everybody. You yeah. know, and I, I think that helped to create a huge fan following for the franchise, you know, and um, I, I understand you, you go back and you look at mass effect one and how it plays. You can tell it's kind of rough around the edges by the time you get to mass effect three, it's very refined. And you look at how much each game has changed. And then of course, Andromeda, they did some things, right? I didn't really like yeah, the game that much, okay. but they did a lot of things, right? You know? So imagine how amazing Mass Effect 4 is going to be when it gets to the Series X and the Series S. Imagine how crazy that's going to be. Well, hopefully but, a lot of the techs realize by then. It's, yeah. uh, so it'd be graphically impressive, it will, because a lot of the techs not realized yet on that console. And it's you know what? Not... It's, it's always like that, though. You remember, um, like, last generation, they said the last two years of the co- of last console generation was really when developers were pushing the One X and the PS4 Pro to it to their limits because they have yeah. to learn how to fully utilize the hardware. And okay. I know that EA, a lot of people crap on EA, and that's fine. Some people don't like them, but you have to admit that EA has talented studios working for them. And I think, you know, Anthem screwed up with uh, Mass Effect Andromeda a little bit. Some people enjoyed it, and that's fine. I'm not knocking those people. They really dropped yeah. the ball with Anthem, and that's because of a lot of reasons, and I don't want to go into that right now. But the whole thing is that BioWare is still – they still have a lot of talent. And I, I think I, the assets are still there. I think yeah. – uh, sorry to jump in, but I do think that the reason they never did Anthem 2.0, I think they had that Iron Man vision and that game yes. coming. I do believe that they can use a lot of the assets from Anthem with Iron Man because yeah. it because it had potential. It really was like Iron Man. Well, do we know? Might be wrong. They, they may they may not be, but I reckon they will. Do do we know which that, studio of, of EA's is making the Iron Man game? I don't know, but probably knowing BMG, if he's there, he'll probably be able to tell you. But uh, 
Yeah, you know, and it's 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 like you look at you look at the upcoming Dragon Age Four. Yeah. You know, you look at this Mass Effect Four that's coming out. You look at their Need for Speed game, Unbound, that a lot of people are actually excited about. And um, it's 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 apparent that EA is really putting their best foot forward. Yeah, you can say about them microtransactions and all the stuff they've done in the past. I don't think any company is, you know, without negative marks on them. But I think EA is really trying to give gamers the best experiences going forward. I know Mass Effect 4 is going to be great. And the Iron Man game that, you know, that they just announced. Um, I'm very excited to see what they're what what they're going to show us. But who knows how long it's going to take. You know, that's true. That's true. I mean, you look at um, you look at Marvel's Avengers that Square Enix put out. You know, um, it was in the. It has got better. It has got better over time, though. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, well, it takes time. You know, um, but they weren't the first studio to have a crack at a Marvel's Avengers game. There was a THQ studio that um, was actually trying to build something way back in the PS3 and Xbox 360 days, but it was just it. They were trying to do it, I guess, from a first-person perspective. And it just proved too difficult for them. So the project was transferred to Square Enix and Crystal Dynamics. And that's why they went with their vision. Okay. Which, I mean, to be honest, I, you know, looking at it right now, Marvel's Avengers is not a bad game by any means. I think, um, you know, like I I pre-ordered it and I, I was playing it at release. I did get kicked out of the game a number of times. But um, I know they've patched it and they've made so many improvements. I just, you know, it's it's kind of it's kind of like the age old adage, you know, a uh, rushed game is for what did they say? Rushed game is forever bad. A delayed game is eventually good. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, uh, it, I, I've got it. I haven't actually completed it yet, but um, but it, to be fair, at one point it did actually make some of the DLC actually the DLC free. Like Wakanda's deal, the Wakanda deal. Say, was it Panther? I can't remember. I liked, one of them was free. I liked some of the characters in there. Some of the original characters that were in there. Um, I liked the uh, Miss Marvel. I liked Thor. I liked Hulk. Um, I, in my opinion, I think Black Widow was the was the best because her gunplay and her movement is phenomenal. I did not like Iron Man at all. Okay. I just didn't like it. I can't remember. I've not played it in a long while. Because, you know, you go from Anthem, where it has so much wrong with it, but it has the Iron Man mechanics correct, how they should be. And the Crystal Dynamic version of Iron Man is just not like that. And it's frustrating. Yeah. It's... I mean, it's like I'm not knocking anybody that did enjoy playing as Iron Man. Um, It's just going from how... Oh, BMG was... Love oh yeah, on. yeah. I mean, he, but... he would say that, wouldn't he? <laughs> <laughs> of course he would. Of course he would. No, but I mean, okay, BMG. So you compare Anthem's flight system to Iron Man from Crystal Dynamics. There's no comparison. You know, there's no comparison because they figured out in Anthem how the flight and hovering system should work and how you can move while you're hovering and engaging enemies on the ground. That's how Crystal Dynamics should have done it, but they didn't. But like I said, there's other elements of that game that I did enjoy a lot, especially Black Widow. They did Black Widow really well. I don't know. I didn't try that. Oh, you haven't played Marvel's Avengers yet. Who may? I have. Oh, you just, you haven't made it that far, I guess. No, I just stopped playing it. 
Yeah, oh, is, this Game Pass stuff is all good and that, but you get too distracted, especially when you've got a PS4. Yeah. I get I get distracted a lot. That's the problem. I've got to stay focused on one game. And it's, no, I it's completely get it. I get it because you just have other stuff that's going on or yeah. you're just, you know, one day you just wake up and you're like, I just want to play some God of War today or I just want to play some Forza Horizon today. I completely get it. And you get invested in this game and you just forget about the backlog that you have. You know, I completely yeah, get I mean, it. Despite the fact that I talk about Gears of War, I don't I don't play it much. Yeah, it's quite funny. No, I I get it. I get it. Especially you know because like if if you enjoy the multiplayer, you know, and you're playing multiplayer for a while, and then you switch back to the single player, I know a lot of people could probably get lost in Gears of War all day long because there's just so much to do. Oh yeah. And you look at, you look at Gears Five. You look at how much the coalition has given people post-launch. You know, there's tons of content. Oh, there's nothing there, mate. It's all gone. They don't, they don't even update the store. They've dropped support for it. You don't get nothing. Wow, They've written their hand. Yeah, that's what a lot of the complaints are about to the coalition. Oh, they see. could have kept a t- tiny team going to keep the keep the game. Like obviously, people still play it, but the wait times yeah. are quite long. Well, but, I mean, yeah, they, they, they don't bring nothing out new. Oh, right, at Christmas you may get a little winter event if you're lucky. But they're basically they announced it on Twitter on their right. account ages ago that they've dropped support for it. Damn, that's you know what I mean? You know, that, yeah. that that could be tied to them having a lot of projects on their plate oh, right Oh, I totally agree. I totally agree. It's not yeah, bothering I, me that much. I, I do but, think, uh, though, that I... Because I, I honestly think the Coalition, and I love Forza Horizon, you know, I love Forza Motorsport, but I, I believe that Coalition is really the only studio that Xbox has that's on par with like someone like Naughty Dog or Sony Santa Monica. I would agree, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to say Sony Santa Monica. They're too good. But the problem I is think, though, I, th- think th- coalition is up there. I think coalition, coalition is up there. And as much as I'm a Gears of War fan, it, it hurts me to say this. If coalition are ever to be realized of their true talents, it won't be Gears of War. It have to be a brand new IP they built from the ground up, and that will show you the pure talent. But it's never going to happen. They're you a know, studio. I you think know I'm, I mean? gonna, I'm gonna have to book a flight to um, Washington, and I'm gonna have to go talk to Phil Spencer uh, in Washington State <laughs> and tell him he needs to have the coalition work on a brand new Punisher game. <laughs> Punisher. I want that game, and and Coalition is like the only studio I could see making it. They're a very talented team. Now, I've just I've just uh, sort of dropped this news. I know it's not in the in the DM thing, but uh, uh, Season Gaming reported today. I think it's the seventh. Yeah, it's the seventh today. Um, that called I know because you you bought Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two. It's broken new sales record for Call of Duty series. Yeah, uh, one billion dollars. Uh, one billion dollars in in sales in uh, ten days. It's apparently a new record for Call of Duty games. So people must be liking it. It's a new record. Well, I mean, you look at it Call is. of Duty. I mean, it was advertising all over the place. You know, um, you saw it on the side of buildings. They had Burger Kings yeah. that were completely redone in the Modern Warfare Two theme. Um, I heard the budget was pretty big. You know, but oh, them yeah, making cause... this much money. I mean, 
yeah, they made it eight hundred million dollars or whatever. But what was it like five hundred million uh, advertising budget? Oh, I you could know? easily see that because it does say that the this makes it the fastest selling Call of Duty, surpassing the previous record holder, Black Ops Two, which crossed the one billion mark in fifteen days, not ten. Yeah, and uh, Bobby, whatever you know, he made a big speech. Not we don't really want to see what he says, but um, yeah, and also apparently. Um, it's the article from Seasons Gaming is also saying, don't forget Warzone 2 launches next week, November 16th, alongside Season 1 of Modern Warfare 2. And for those that want a preview, you can expect DMZ and Warzone 2 this Wednesday, November the 9th, as Activision shows off the first gameplay of it. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of things I think they need to... Uh add to modern warfare too because it's and i i bring this up because pretty much every round i jump in and it's not just me i hear a lot of people saying this um you know it's like i'll jump into the round and i'll get six kills and like 25 deaths and i'm not really bad at call of duty i was good enough where um a lot of times i was three to two you know for every three kills i'm getting i'm getting killed twice and it's just because um they don't have ranked matches as far as i know they don't have ranked matches right now no, I and so a uh, lot of these people that would be hmm. playing ranked matches and stuff, they're in the normal, you know, normal uh, lobbies. Oh, so it's making it professionals in there too. Yes, and you can tell wow. because um, there was someone in one of my rounds that went twenty six and three, and they're not sniping; they're running and shooting. Uh, you know, you probably got the pros in there, the esports guys too, and the yeah, you're right, the ranked guys. And it's, it's probably... like. The reason why I bring this up is because you have someone that just buys Call of Duty and they've just installed it. And they it's a hell of an install because there's hardly anything on the disc, even if you buy it physical. And so you got someone who just bought it from GameStop. They come home, they install it. They're playing three multiplayer rounds. They get completely stomped. They uninstall it and they return it to GameStop. Boom. You know? Yeah. It's like, it's like Activision needs to stay on top of that because it's pissing a lot of people off. You know? Because it's like not all of us are on that level where we're competing for like a hundred thousand dollars in call of duty championships. And those types of people in modern warfare 2019, a lot of times would stay in the ranked lobbies, you know, where it's pretty balanced in the normal ones. And like I said, I could usually do pretty good. I'd have some rounds that were a little rough, but for the most part, I'm doing three to two. And to have that not present in the game first, of course, is just a big, it's like they dropped the ball with that. Also, the weapon progression is completely ridiculous. It's like to, to unlock unlock weapon D, you have to upgrade weapon C like to level 30 or some shit. And then to even get level or to even get weapon C, you have to unlock weapon B. And it's just basically you have to unlock this weapon and upgrade it to a certain level just to unlock a next weapon. And then just to unlock another weapon, as well as unlock a silencer for this weapon. And it's all, it's completely crazy the way they did this. That's like the worst part of Modern Warfare 2 right now. It's frustrating. You know, they used like, to do that in the old games, but it wasn't that bad, was it? It wasn't that, that, that yeah, much. It's, it's pretty bad. I mean, I, I'm, I'd be willing to bet you can find dozens of YouTube videos right now where people are all bitching about this because it's completely yeah. ridiculous. 
Yeah, it's a sound. It, it's, it's like, a lot, I, don't, it's a it's lot like I don't have the time to sit down and play Call of Duty 12 hours a day, seven days a week. Do they offer you the that. option to buy buy the upgrades? I'm about to do that now. I, don't I have no idea. But I, mean, if it's I, know, I know what Call of Duty do a lot of the time now. They keep a lot of their monetization methods yeah. like out until the reviews are all up on that, and then they, they drop an update Yeah, and put it all back in. Well, I, I know the, the most recent update was like 48 gigabytes or something, which no is surprise. crazy. It's, it's it crazy because it's like, why would this not go into, you know, the initial game or the day one update or whatever it is? It was like a week and a half, two weeks later. So it means that they rushed it so much that there was tons of stuff they, they already knew was wrong with and they had to fix it later. You know, it's completely ridiculous. Yeah. Can't really comment. But it does sound pretty ridiculous. It does. Yeah, I mean, and for those of for everyone that enjoys Modern Warfare, you're going to notice a lot of the stuff right away, obviously. But um, hopefully, hopefully, Activision patches it to where you won't have to unlock weapon A to get weapon B, you know, and so on. It's just it's completely ridiculous. I could understand a little bit of that, but it's like everything you could possibly want in this game, you have to level this up over here to level thirty. But to even get that weapon, you have to level up another weapon, and to get that weapon, you have to level up another weapon before that. And it's like, are you are you are you kidding me? yeah so the whole situation is just um completely out of control and it's like um the people that put this into the game weren't really it's like they didn't think this out you know they didn't think this out it does sound that way it does it does but i I mean it is is, you know whatever welcome sorry welcome uk dazarus uh muppet thanks for popping in all right so let me see what is next on our list um, do you want to talk about the games that are coming soon to Game Pass? Or did you want to hit the uh, the new Deus Ex game? Um, we can hit the DX. Uh, we can hit whatever you... What did you say? Sorry, my son came into the room. Uh, the PlayStation, did you say? Let me see. Um, Which one did you want to hit? Are we talking about the... Um... The new Kojima game, or are you talking about PlayStation VR? Well, if you want to hit that, you can. I don't know if it's a VR's a topic that interests you. Um, I mean, we uh, could discuss it. You know, we could discuss it briefly. I know some people are looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let me see. Uh, PlayStation VR two. It launches in February, and pre-orders are starting November fifteenth. Um, I know the price tag kind of caught a lot of people off off guard. Because it's more than a console costs. But, um, you know, I do want to point this out because I did a lot of research into the PlayStation VR 2 before when they were working on it. And the original PlayStation VR for the PS4, when it came out, um, a lot of people had significant problems with it. You know, like Vertigo, uh, people were having eye problems where they're, where they're experiencing eye pain. Uh, some people with glasses weren't able to really wear the headset. And I know PlayStation had said at least once that a lot of the feedback they were getting regarding this stuff was things that they were working on fixing with a PlayStation VR 2 so that you wouldn't experience the eye pain, so that people who wore glasses would be able to wear the headset. You know, um, A lot of the biggest issues that people had with the PlayStation VR, they wanted to fix with the VR 2. You know, so yeah, it is $550. And for a lot of people, 
that's pretty much going to be the line in the sand where they're like, I'm just not doing that. But for those that have PlayStation 5s that do enjoy VR, I think um, they're going to enjoy this version of the VR more than they did the PS4's version. Just because there's, I guess you could call them quality of life upgrades. You know, and I, I, I know that a lot of people feel as if, um, it's like they feel as if VR is kind of um, a niche or a, a niche. You know, it's kind of, it's not mainstream yet. But, um, you know, you look at some of the other VR headsets, like um, the PC uh, virtual reality costs a lot more than this. So I think if someone's wanted, really wanting to try out VR, this is a good entry point. Oh, definitely. It's um, the problem is, I mean, it's out of my league. Plus, the fact I haven't got a PS5 yet. Yeah. But the technology in it warrants the price. It was expected, but yet yeah. everyone was shocked. You see, it is in this climate, it's expensive, but it is quite a niche market currently. Yeah. And they're not really, I doubt they've been making masses of profit on it. It's yeah, more it, for the VR enthusiast, someone like Friendly Pest. Well, and I mean, I, I think... People, people that are very interested in VR tech. I, I think it's just it about is. getting people in the door. You know? It is. Because you look at... Because it's it's basically like with a console, these uh, public... Or, you know, these, pub, these console companies, they don't make a lot of money on the console. It's all about the accessories and it's about the software. It is. So I think what they're trying to do is they they have this PS uh, VR two out, and they're trying to inspire these other companies, these these development companies, these development studios that might be interested in making VR games for them. And they're like, hey, look, we just came out with this, and it has all these improvements to kind of inspire them to make great quality games for the PS VR two, so it can draw more people in. That's essentially what they want. Yeah, definitely, they are ahead of the curb. I think. I personally think it should be a market that Xbox are in. Uh, Two trillion dollar companies should be involved, but they don't want to be. So, so I can see why, because the disaster Connect, but Connect is used by national security now. Connect two point oh, it's used in airports and various different places. If you type in Connect two point oh, they use it in airport for scanners and cameras and all sorts now. Just not gaming. Yeah. Now, so they did. They didn't dump the project. They just changed it for something else. And sometimes that's how it happens. You know, you just the project just evolves over time. It does. It does. You're right. You're right there. Uh, Daz, yes, the Dreamcast is quite loud. Yeah, if you play Dreamcast nowadays, obviously it's, it's quite loud. Even if you clean it up. Yeah. Old console though. Very old console. It is. Yeah, I think a lot of us, though, um, who are playing the older consoles, you kind of expect a little noise with them. It kind of seems like now everyone wants their console to be, you know, whisper silent. But back then you didn't care, you know, you just turn up the volume on the TV. Exactly. That is true. It's just one of the things you've just got to put up with it. Even if you didn't. Even if you clean it up and take it to take it apart and clean every single part, it's still going to be a bit uh, like that because it's just old, basically. 
Yeah. It is. It is. So it's not something you can uh, play your console if you've got your wife in the bedroom or if someone's asleep. It might wake them up. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I I think that would be a PS4 that maybe needs to be cleaned, you know, it's waking the neighbors up. Well, my PS4 isn't too bad. It ain't. But I do need to get a kit to open up the Series X. Right. Because they always says that the Series X cleans itself. Nah, that's not true. It says yeah. that it turns the fans on at ultra speed and cleans all the dust off. But I have found that the actual fan has got dust on it. <laughs> I've looked it up and there's actually a way of opening up the Series X and cleaning it properly. Yeah. With an air can and everything. So he's... I should probably it's easier do to get into. Yeah, it is, but um, it's not as dusty as what the PS4 will be inside. I've never actually opened that. I haven't. Yeah, well, you know, it just you know, and when I had a PS4, um, it, it seems it seems like if you're in an in an environment that's a little more humid, you're not going to have as many issues as if you're in a environment that's drier. It's it's like if you're in an environment that's drier. Um, your PS4 is going to have more issues, you know. Exactly, what you mean? It is. We'll have to say we will, but um, but yeah, yeah, it's uh, interesting. It is. Hmm. So let me see. A New Day's X game is reportedly in early development at Eidos Montreal. Studio is also be also said to be working on a new IP and co-developing Xbox games, including Fable. Yeah, it's it's interesting because you have a lot of people that like the cyberpunk feel of games. Um, I'm sure they're very excited about the Deus Ex game. And um, I think when this first news had first come out, um, a lot of people were kind of jumping on the bandwagon. Oh, Xbox needs um, Eidos Montreal to uh, make Fable. You know, and I, I think they're not. Yeah. It, it's kind of like they're blowing it out of proportion. Like they're not understanding. There's no studio out there that I'm aware of. Maybe Rockstar Games. That doesn't accept help from other studios in some form or another. You know, and you look at Playground Games that are making um, the new Fable game. I mean, for all we know, Playground Games might be in charge of crafting the world and everything in it and the weather. And then you have Eidos Montreal dealing with the characters in that world, which would make a lot of sense, especially with um, how Forza Horizon 4 introduced the changing weather and how great those weather effects are. That's where I think that's where Playground Games expertise is. And you look at Eidos Montreal and you have, um, you know, the memorable characters from the Deus Ex franchise they're obviously very skilled in crafting characters and all the physics and all the interaction elements that go with those characters in a world. So to have them on board with fable, I think it's a good thing. Some people were a little upset about it, but I think it's a good thing because they obviously are very skilled in what they do. They definitely are. They definitely are. Um, sorry about it. I keep getting interrupted. I don't know no, if anyone's it's, wondering. It's completely cool. I got kids. I know how it is. But yeah, it's um, can interrupt. It keeps knocking me off balance. It does what, what we're all about. <laughs> right. It does. But yeah. And, um, I mean, I know I know. Embracer Group recently acquired Eidos Montreal. Some people are kind of weary. 
of Embracer Group, but they spent $300 million. And so they're going to want to develop a lot of these things. You look at Tomb Raider, and after Shadow of the Tomb Raider, it just kind of seemed like Square Enix wasn't really going to do much with the franchise. You know? But um, from what I remember, since they got picked up, since Crystal Dynamics got picked up by Embracer Group, they're now wanting to um, fast track some type of new Tomb Raider game as well. So it's kind of up in the air whether it's going to be a good thing or a bad thing, them trying to get all of these projects started in a hurry. Exactly. We'll have to, we'll have to wait and see. We will. I wonder what on that front. You know, I know it. I know um, they said the new IP um, was recently rescoped, whatever that means. Um, you know, the new IP that IOS Montreal is working on. Um, I guess basically that means it went back to the drawing board. You know, kind kind of like um, they had they had a they had an idea of what they wanted to do with this game, and it just wasn't panning out whenever they were in pre-production and they scrapped, they scrapped it and they went back to uh, the drawing board to try to figure out, you know, where the game needed to go. That That's my take on it. I, I would love to see what this game is that they're working on, but you know, the, obviously, obviously the bad part of that is now because they're, it's very early in development. I mean, if this game has ray tracing and other stuff, it could take eight years. Okay. Definitely. Yeah. You know, so we may not even get this game this generation. We might not get it until the start of next generation. Yeah, that, that's true. It depends. It, uh, we'll have to wait and see on that front. But yeah, you are right. It could take a long time. And it I mean, could. you have you have some studios like Infinity Ward that can pump a game out in three years. But I mean, the reason why they're pumping games out in three years and other studios might take six to eight years is because basically at Activision, you got a couple guys you know, standing on desks, yelling at, yelling at people and berating them to get them to go faster. <laughs> that's yeah. pretty much the environment at Activision, you know, and I think that's why so many people want Xbox to, or Microsoft to buy Activision so they can put an end to the, uh, the crazy um, abusive antics there. That's why they get games done in three years though, because they push their employees to the limit and they don't, they don't allow the development studios to take their time with the games, you know? Yeah, that's true. That is. Um, yeah. Studios need time to work on good games to do. Unfortunately, some some of them can't wait around. They can't. Yeah, and it okay. you know, I, I get I completely get that, you know. Um but when you have a game that gets rushed, it ends up becoming like cyberpunk. You know, and a lot of people are saying it's in such better shape now than it was at launch. But the developers knew that it needed more time, and the, their bosses of uh, CDPR said, "Hey, we don't, we're not going to delay it anymore." And they launched it, and it had tons of problems. And then it's it's a lasting first impression that Cyberpunk is not a game worth playing, you know. And I'm sure a lot of people still feel that way, even though because of all the updates since then, it's changed. So, you know, it, it's 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 tough waiting for the next Tomb Raider waiting for the next um, Deus Ex game. But I think if Eidos Montreal really does their best, um, even if it takes until 2030, it's better waiting on that game coming out then than them rushing something out and it's broken and forgettable. That's true. It's better waiting. It is. It is better waiting. 
But yeah, it's been good tonight. I do apologise. I've been totally thrown off tonight. I have. Um, keep getting interrupted all the time. I do. But I hope people enjoyed it. Did you enjoy it, Sentinel? Sorry about it. I'm not on top form, but I keep getting interrupted. Loads. It's not normal. It ain't. I don't normally get this in, interrupted this much. I don't. But it wasn't planned. I wasn't planned to, to come on to do this. But Yeah, yeah. No, it's, help with BMG. It's, it's understandable, you know. You say lock a door. There's no bloody door. On, there's, we haven't got a door in the living room at the minute. It, we took it off. Not a good idea. It ain't. Yeah. But, um, but, yeah, thanks for that. Uh, thanks for um, doing the show tonight. Um, do you yeah, want to tell course. people where they can find you? Um, sure. Uh, let me see. Sent the Sentinel 17 on YouTube is my YouTube channel. Uh, it's just as it sounds. And then, um, on Twitch and Twitter, it's essentially the same spelling. It's S three N T one N three L one seven. It's alphanumeric Sentinel 17. Um, I live stream almost every night on Twitch on Twitter. I'm tweeting a lot more than I should, but you can check them out there. Usually about gaming. Um, and let me see. I'm also on the Stasis podcast chat. Chat. Uh, this channel. Um, I try to interact with the chat whenever we're having a podcast. Sometimes I might not, but um, you know, if I if you're chatting in the chat window and I don't respond to you, just drop me a line on on Twitter, and I'll definitely respond to you. I'm usually a pretty cool guy. So good to hear. Good to hear. And uh, you can find me at Stubbs Gaming. On, on Twitter and on YouTube and the Stasis Chat is where most of the shows are. And I will see everyone tomorrow, um, next, whenever I will. I'm completely thrown off. I'm not doing my podcast <laughs> next. I've, I've had to cancel it. It's that bad. It is. So um, thanks for tuning in, everyone. And I'm sure BMG will shut the show down now because he's hosting it. Thanks, everyone, for popping in. I do appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Have a good day. Thanks, Thanks for, sh Thanks Thanks for uh, watching our show.